Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They took it away. Now, Ed, we just did a segment that was so great that Jared sitting in the studio, instead of listening to us, retweeted a tweet that says, seriously, a monkey could bartend. This is the Press Box. The last two days on our opening segments, there's two segments we have for the best of. Now, you're probably going to have to play them on a loop because there's not a lot of best of on the show. But we got to pay attention during these times. With Grady and Bischoff. Coming up next, we find out if monkeys can bartend. On ESPN Las Vegas. Hi, voice guy. That's you. Hi, voice guy. You're the high voice guy. I know. I know. Believe me. And Believe my me. favorite part is the once a month that you get uh, upset about your own voice. <laughs> Well, once a month we play that intro. <laughs> so and you're, like, that really me? A, huh? and you're like, is that me? Oh, an embarrassment of Poor riches. Ed Grady. It's okay. Your voice is fine. Uh, it's good. It's good when your voice gets high when you're doing radio. It means you're you're yelling about something. You're emotional about yeah, something. Yeah, you're passionate yeah. about something. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, not passionate about much. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the high voice out today. I gotta okay. find find right. something to get the high voice right. out today. Although I don't know what there is. There's no Dodgers to yell about. No, so. there's no Dodgers to yell about. Who knows what it could be? Danny's in here. We'll see how long Danny's in here. For. Uh, how long is Danny lasting in here this morning? It's a good thing I didn't oversleep today. It uh, is. Yeah, it we're is. very glad. We're ready to go, Danny. We're happy, Danny. The first bite. Should the Raiders bench anybody else? <laughs> Sit them all. Sit them all. You get passionate about that. Sit them all. Why Why would you tell your quarterback to go home? And nobody else? And nobody else if, in fact, you still thought you were in really in this. Mathematically, they still are the Raiders for a playoff spot. But uh, you told your quarterback to go home and not to come back. So... It kind of tells me they might believe, unless they really believe in Jared Stidham, <laughs> that they might believe they're not going to be able to overcome this ma- these mathematics. So the interesting part is that Devontae Adams actually has the same injury clause that Derek Carr has. Now, the Raiders aren't going to be as inclined to move on from Devontae Adams, but the whole reason Derek Carr's not playing is because his contract becomes guaranteed for $40 more million if he can't pass a physical for the three days after the Super Bowl. Adams is in the same situation contract-wise. So you could make the argument they should sit Adams because it gives them contract flexibility too. They're probably not going to cut Devontae Adams. They probably don't want to cut Devontae Adams, but the same situation applies there as well. We've talked for the last half of the season why aren't the Raiders giving Zamir White more touches, right? Shouldn't they be looking to yep. see if that guy's any good? And so I think it's an interesting sell if you're an organization, or I should say if you're a coaching staff, to say we're going to sit Derek Carr for contractual reasons, see the rest of you guys at practice every day and on Sunday at the game. Yeah, I talked to Zamir the other day for a piece, and uh, he said all the right things, but you know he wanted to play more. I mean, he's, you had it the other day, 16 carries for 66 yards, uh, not much. And now, no one could have predicted the year Josh Jacobs was right. having either. So I think they went into the idea that they traded up to get to Zamir White. They were going to play him more. It was going to be running back committee. And then Josh Jacobs just goes crazy. Right. And what are you going to do? There would have been a lot more carries for Zamir White if Jacobs was not uh, the leading rusher right. in the NFL. 
Um, however, the last couple of weeks, there hasn't been much of a reason not to give at least Samir, give Samir White at least five carries a game. Again, he's never had more than three in a game. So that's something I'd be interested to see. But here's the other part of this. And I'd actually look at it from the player standpoint. Why would Josh Jacobs play another game this season? Well, I don't. Why would he want to? Right. Why would Josh Jacobs? He's got nothing to prove. He he's the leading. And he doesn't have a contract. And he doesn't have any money, any contract after this season. Things can only go poorly from here for Josh Jacobs. It's not like he's going to run. If he runs for like 250 yards on Sunday, that's not suddenly going to make some team go, oh, my God, we have to sign him. Right. He's already the leading rusher in yeah. the league. There are, if the team wants a running back and wants Jacobs, they're already saying that. And so I just I can't figure out a reason Jacobs would want to play other than just I play football. So I'm going to play as many games as possible. But it was interesting. Deshaun Reed tweeted out or tweeted out some quotes from Josh Jacobs, who said, um, I don't think about that, bro. I got enough money. You know what I'm saying? I make great investments. I'm good. That's not something I really think about talking about his next contract. He also said, you want to get paid, obviously, but that's not something that I come in here and be like, okay, yeah, I need to do this, do this, do this to get that. I feel like I work and everything else is going to take care of itself. So Jacobs doesn't have any interest in sitting. Jacobs wants to play regardless of his situation. Is that a smart way to go about it. Just, I'm going to show up. I'm going to play. I'm going to work hard and my I contract mean, will take care of itself. Yeah. We're not in this position. So it's easy to look at it and say, why would you play? You don't need to do this. You know, you're, you're just risking yourself. Maybe that's the guy's mindset. Maybe it's always been his mindset back at Alabama. This is what you do. You, if you're healthy, you play football and you show up. So I'm not going to take a shot at him. Cause I, you know, that that's his, that's his prerogative as, as the player, but outside looking in, you're exactly right. Why would you do this if you don't have a contract and you obviously, like you said, you want to get paid, obviously. And the coaching staff is sitting the quarterback. And the right? coaching like, staff st- sent the quarterback right. home. Like that's your that's your window. That's your opportunity to say, okay, well, you guys clearly don't care about what happens these last two games. Why am I going to go risk my body? It's like watching the Titans Cowboys last night when the Titans sit half their starters and guys are getting carted off the field. And you're like... They're getting hurt in a game in which one team said, we don't care about the result of this. They started Joshua Dobbs and guys are getting carted off the field. It's like, I feel bad for those guys because they're out there playing a dangerous sport when their coaching staff has said, no, we don't care what happens from here on out. That's what the Raiders are in. And for Josh Jacobs, who doesn't have that contract, it's a brutal scenario. Um, So from Jacob's standpoint, I guess good for him that he's going to play through this, but it's not his best interest, not at all to play these last two games. The other player that's obviously been brought up a lot is Devontae Adams. He made it very clear this week that he came to be a Raider because of Derek Carr, not because of anything else, but because of Derek Carr. He basically forced his way here. There was reports during the season that the Packers actually offered him more money than he got here from the Raiders. So it's not like he couldn't have stayed in Green Bay and gotten paid like he got paid here. Do you think... Devontae Adams plays a game for the Raiders in 2023. Yes, I do. I think he comes back. I think that he said the other day what – look, I'm not saying he doesn't have strong feelings for Derek Carr. We saw what he put on Instagram. But I think he can separate the two, and I think he comes back, and I don't think he tries to force a trade. 
I think he comes back to play for now. I think he'd be interested in who the quarterback's going to so be. That's what I was going to ask. Is it, do, are you saying that's just blanket Adams is back? Or do you think the Raiders almost have to convince him to, I Hey, think this blanket is our, he's back. You think so? Okay. I think he's back. I it's, it's an interesting spot to be because he's the Raiders presumably are not going to cut him again. They can't, they can do the same thing to Adams that, or that they're can do to car with the uh, contract clause with the uh, three days after the Super Bowl. Presumably, the Raiders are not going to cut him because he's very good and you want him on your team. I am curious to see if Adams looks around and says, well, 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 the guy that I came here for, Derek Carr, is not here anymore. And this team might not be in a position to win. We'll see what the offseason looks like. But this team might not be in a position to contend for the Super Bowl or maybe even a playoff spot next season. I, I want out. Like, I want to force my way out. I'd be curious to see if Adams does that, because I mean, obviously anything's within your right as a player, but it, it feel justified if you're Adams to say, well, I came here to play with Carr. You guys dumped him after a year. I don't want to be here anymore, especially if you're not going to be contending for anything, right? If we're going into the year projected to win six games, what am I doing sticking around for a six win team when you guys got rid of my best friend at quarterback? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, there could be validity that I just think, I think he's going to come back. I think, like I said, I'll go back to, I think he said the other day what he felt he needed to say about him personally, but I think there's a separation there personally to professionally and how Derek Carr was playing, and nobody knows more about how he was playing than Devontae Adams does. Now, again, I think he's going to want to be brought into the conversation on quarterbacks. Maybe they would do that, maybe they wouldn't, on how they're going to move ahead, and maybe that has a lot to do with his decision on whether he tried to force himself out, but I think he's back. I think he's back, and I don't think there's any question about it. Has Did anybody... Who's still good at the sport? Obviously, some guys are are bad at football, and that ruins their um, next stop or whatever. But has anybody who's actually still good at football made a worse business decision than Devontae Adams did this offseason? Where he, again, he chose to come here. He left Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who, granted, aren't exactly tearing it up this year. And more money. And supposedly. more money. And came here to play with Derek Carr, and he didn't even get a full season. With Derek Carr, you got 15 games with Derek Carr, and they're not going to the playoffs. Right. Has anybody made a worse like choice that's still good at their position? Perhaps not as not good at their position, but the best at their position. Yeah, exactly. Like you could still, I mean, other players. Justin Jefferson's ridiculous. Tyree Kills had a great year. Other players have had better years, but Devontae Adams is still in the conversation as best as best receiver in the NFL. Sure. But it's not been anything remotely good, and. We talked about it throughout the season. You know, he shoves the photographer. He gets mad at Adam Hill for asking him about driving the pace car. Like, he had moments this year, too, where he was very clearly frustrated. Yeah, he was frustrated after games. Right, with what was happening. And now Carr's gone, and the team's not going to the post. Like, it's a brutal decision to look back on. And by the way, you look at his last three games, 71 yards, 28 yards, 15 yards. Like, they're not even really using him or getting him the ball very much recently. So it's not even like, well, he's having a monster game every week, but the team's not very good. He can't even get the ball. I mean, last week, nine targets, two catches. And he, he, it's not like he had any drops. Those were nine throws from no, Derek No, those Carter. were nine throws that were usually over his head. Right, that were not catchable. 15 yards. I mean, just a disaster if you're, Der- if you're uh, Devontae Adams and what happened this year with the Raiders. And that's why, again... You think he's coming back? I'd be curious to see what he does. Um, and I'm curious. I'm 
I'm curious to know, does he need to be sold on it? Or like, does he need Josh McDaniels to sit down and say, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to be good in 2023. I also think you have the two quarterbacks mentioned down here that they're going to go after, which is Brady and Jimmy G. Jimmy G. I think they're going to go after that. Well, I mean, I think they want Brady. They're really interested in Brady. But I think Jimmy G might be, for a lack of a better word, a fallback. If you're Devontae Adams and... um, Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. You excited about that? Or are you just saying, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, it's certainly not. I mean, I don't know bad. if he thinks he's better than Carr. But he certainly, he's, he certainly can't look at it and say, well, this guy's a massive downgrade from Derek Carr. No, Might no. Might not be his best no. friend, but it's yeah. not going to be a completely different quarterback. No. I would love to know Devontae Adams' thoughts if they draft a quarterback in the first round and make that guy the starter. Like, if they're picking 12th, and let's just say it's Anthony Richardson from Florida, and they say he's our starter, I'd love to know what Adam's thoughts were on, okay, I'm breaking in Anthony Richardson from Florida. I think his thoughts would be bring Brady in, and then you can draft (laughs) Anthony Richardson so Anthony Richardson doesn't have to play. And you can start him once my contract (laughs) is up. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, coming up next, we'll get into some UNLV basketball as they take on San Diego State tomorrow problems with the three clowns you have on in the morning they can't say more than three words to a sentence without using a word like it's like this they threw the ball like this he caught the ball like this tell those guys get a vocabulary learn some other words than like and maybe they'll say something that people listen to we're back to the press box with grainy and bischoff see ed you're worried about your high voice but you should be worried about saying the word like in the middle of your sentences. I like that guy. <laughs> I like how you use the word like in that sentence. So, UNLV basketball. Lose their first game of conference play to San Jose State. 0-1. It's the first time ever San Jose State is 1-0 to start conference play. I is that right? First time they've ever been above 500 in Mountain West play. Is that correct? Ever since joining the conference, yes. That's amazing. They've, they've legitimately. I know they've been really bad. They've I had, get that. They've had one season where they weren't one of like the last or second to last team in. I get the Mountain that. West. I just not even one of those. Never starting. Not even one two and one. Nope. Not happening. Always losing the first game and never you know winning the next two to get above five hundred. Always, <sighs> always bad. So it's a bad loss. <laughs> UNLV zero and one. They play San Diego State Saturday at home. How important is it the UNLV beat San Diego State? Like, is it a big deal if they fall to 0 and 2? Well, I guess you're asking in what terms of what it would be, how bad it would be in terms of what NCAA tournament resume, yeah, their confidence. Well, ultimately, um, this team getting into the NCAA tournament as an at large is sort of the. the I mean, goal. the the San Jose State loss is a lot worse than if they lose on Saturday, right? For their resume. Um, but given the next games at New Mexico at the pit, who can't who hasn't lost and they're getting fifteen thousand people, it's an important game. These are two really tough games and two important games. You know, boy, you don't want to go on three. So, and that that to me is the key. Is if you look at the next two games in a pair, you need to win one of them most yes. likely because before conference play started, we talked about it earlier this week. What does UNLV need to do to have a shot at an at large bid? 12 and six in conference play. And they're probably in anything less than 12 and six. You know, if they obviously who you beat and who you lose to can have an impact on that. But if they win 11, if they win 10, if they go nine and nine, 
they're going to have a tougher time getting into the NCAA tournament. So the problem becomes if you're, if you're shooting for, Hey, they need to be 12 and six to have a really good shot at this. If you start Oh, and three, you've now got to go 12 and three the rest of the way. And to that, get to that six, that's just going to seem impossible to go from Oh, and three to 12 and three to finish off. So it's almost like they, again, they, they don't need to, because obviously you can go 12 and three, you could start the year Oh, and six, and then win your last 12 and be in pretty good shape. But it's it would seemingly be very difficult for this team to go get to that 12 and six mark if they lose each of the next two games. Yeah. And so if you look at them in a pair, they probably need to win one of these. And by the way, if new to look a little bit ahead, if New Mexico's this good, if they can beat New Mexico in, at the pit in New Mexico. That's that's probably a quad one win at the end of the year. Absolutely, like that's yeah. probably, and, and again, if New Mexico's this good, that's going to be one of the best wins UNLV can get. Yeah, New, New Mexico, Mexico will be ranked at the win. time. Yeah, if they don't, I I forget who they play uh, next. I think it might be Wyoming, who's really down because of the injuries, and they lost their opener in the Mountain West. So is that right, Danny? They play Wyoming. Yes, they play tomorrow afternoon at one p.m. Okay, and, they win that one. They'll, they're going to be ranked when UNLV comes in. Well, they play Fresno State too, because UNLV has. So they'll be ranked when they come in. UNLV doesn't have. <laughs> UNLV doesn't have. Um, oh, that's right. They a don't, weekday game next they, week. They that's their get a week by. off. Yeah, and then so they play Saturday, and then Saturday is UNLV's schedule against potentially the two best teams in the conference. So playing San Diego State, uh, as usual, team is very very good defensively. They are ranked 13th in Ken Palm defense so far. This season, the last three games. Now, granted, these are not good teams, but the last three games, San Diego State's held their opponents to 54, 46, and 55 points. Now, again, none of those teams are any good, but they've been very good defensively. And I'm curious to see how does UNLV look offensively. Offensively. EJ Harkless has been a volume scorer. He's about average efficiency for a college basketball player, uh, but he's a volume scorer. Takes a lot of shots. And we'll score a decent amount of points. But we just saw that game against San Jose State where, again, 0 of 6 in the first half, then scored 18 points in 13 minutes. Then fell apart. And then last three minutes of regulation and overtime was like one of the worst basketball players you've ever seen. Wild game for EJ Harkless to go terrible, great, terrible. Can he be a somewhat efficient scorer against San Diego State? And then beyond him. Are they going to get Keyshawn Gilbert back to being an offensive player? Here's Keyshawn Gilbert's last three games. Averaging 6.3 points. He's shooting 33% on two-pointers. Not from the floor, just two-pointers. 33%. He's one of eight on threes. That That's horrific. Like, that's just, that guy shouldn't be taking Especially shots. Especially for a guy they've counted on most of the year to be the guy. So can they get Keyshawn Gilbert back to his efficient levels like he was the first, what, 11 games? of the season. And then beyond those two, do they have a third score? It's been Luis Rodriguez. Most of the time, uh, that'd be the guy you'd count on to do it. If you're looking for that third scoring option, do they get something out of Jackie Johnson? Who wasn't very good last game? Like who is the third scorer? Because they're probably going to need to beat San Diego state. They're probably going to need two guys to have a good offensive game. And if, if it's Gilbert and Harkless, great. But if one of them struggles, you probably need a third guy that's going to have a good offensive game to actually beat San Diego State. And I don't know, based on what we've seen, I don't know that they can rely on that against a defense as good as San Diego State. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think of the two coming up and might be a simple statement given how good New Mexico has been. I think you better get tomorrow, and I think they can win tomorrow. What's uh, Ken Palm have it, a three-point San Diego State win? Uh, yes. Okay. 71-68 the projected score between UNLV and San Diego State. Um, I think they can win tomorrow, too. I think they can win tomorrow. I'm curious to see how they do offensively because there's there's two other issues, I think, for UNLV beyond just the general which which players are going to be efficient. Number one, they can't score against a zone defense. And San Diego State, I assume it's the same San Diego State, is not going to play a zone defense no. against UNLV, no. so that won't be an issue. But they can't score against a zone defense. What would San Jose State like run a 1-3-1? One, a 1-3-1. One, one. And UNLV, I, uh, unofficial count, just me doing it live in my head, they scored twice in roughly 12 or 13 possessions against San Jose State zone. And one of them was out directly out of a timeout. Kevin Kruger called a timeout to, Drew set, something to, up. to run a play, and they got a three, and I think EJ Harkless hit it. So they scored twice, and only once of that was just, hey, we're dribbling the ball up and we're playing basketball. So they won't see a zone against San Diego State, but that's an issue going forward. The interesting stat, free throws. And we've talked about this before, how UNLV is dominating the free throw line by taking more attempts than their opponents. So far this year, UNLV's had four games where they shot less than 15 free throws. They're two and two in those games. Both the San Francisco game and the San Jose State game that they lost, they shot 10 and 11 free throws. This offense is not efficient enough to win a lot of games if they don't get a if lot they're of not free getting throws. calls. If they don't get to the free throw line, they are not beating San Diego State. If they shoot eight free throws, they're not doing it. The only way they're doing it if they shoot eight free throws is if they're like a ridiculous like from three. 13 of 20 from, from three. three. And then, okay, you kind of made up for it. But this is a team that gets to the paint. They don't get all the way to the rim a lot. But if they get foul calls and they are shooting 22, 25 free throws, that's how they've been very efficient on offense. When they don't get those calls, when they're not at the free throw line 20 plus times, they're not winning very many games. And I don't think they're beating San Diego State unless they've got 20 plus free throw attempts. I think that might be the key, the biggest stat of the game. How many free throw attempts? How many free throw attempts do they have? Do they have 20 of them? And if they do, I think they've got a legitimate shot to win. If they play this game, if the first half ends and UNLV's taking four free throws, they're probably not coming back to win that game. They're probably losing to San Diego State. So, I'm very curious to see what happens here for UNLV. Um, feels like they really need to win one of the next two to uh, set themselves up down right. the road. Right. Um, but technically, it's still possible without them. But these are, if we're talking about resumes and quality wins and all that. The next two are about as good as it's going to get in conference play for UNLV. San Diego State and New Mexico might end up being the two best teams in the conference. And you've got shots here back to back to knock at least one of them off and say, hey, right. Here's a noteworthy win right. that's, you know, at least balances out the San Jose, the San Jose State, State loss. loss. Be nice for them. Somewhat. Coming up next, we're going to get into the Raiders as Vic Tafer joins the show. Shotgun snap to Carr. Walking right. Fires towards the sideline. Renfro grabs it. Gets away from a tackle at the five. Dives towards the end zone. Touchdown Raiders. Hunter Renfro with a beautiful grab and got away from a defender, took off to the end zone, and the Raiders take a 6-0 lead with 6.38 to go in the opening quarter. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now from The Athletic is Vic Tafer. Um, Vic you think the Raiders are the most uh, entertaining or interesting team in uh, sports across the world? 
Every year. Every year. <laughs> they always uh, don't, never fail to entertain and, and have drama and intrigue and uh, people wondering what the hell's going on. So, like, every year, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you believe the Raiders mishandled the Derek Carr situation in the last five days or so? A little bit. I think, um, especially in the sense that, you know, here's the all-time passing leader, which it looks like is going to end his time here on his couch and not, you know, not in the, in the arena. So I think, um, yeah, I think, um, I don't want to say he would deserve better, but I think definitely based on what he's been through in the last nine years, time with the team and his leadership over the years, being a team captain, I think this is a bad way for all, for all, it all end. Vic, you wrote a, a great story on what might have happened here, and you put Mark Davis uh, near the top in terms of what he played, what role he played in this when they all gathered to talk about this for a few days. Um, are, you, are you convinced it was split, or maybe they didn't really just know where way to go, and he came in and said, you know what, this is what we're going to do? Yeah, I think it came down to money. I think they were, I think they were torn. I think there was, they met uh, two nights, what, uh, Monday and Tuesday, and I think they were kind of... Uh, Tough call. Obviously, there's, I mean, it's uh, a lot of guaranteed money. You know, it's forty million dollars over the next couple of years if he gets hurt. So, I think they were going back and forth and kind of wondering, you know, how the locker room was going to respond and you know what the optics were and just kind of uh, you know, chances also chances to win. They still are mathematically alive for the playoffs. Well, and I, I believe, and what I was told and my surmise, I guess all those great words is that the money was the issue. I think Mark Davis definitely. Uh, was a part of those discussions and said, "Hey, you know, why? What are we doing here? So if we're not sure, why would we uh, risk you know, all, all, this, all this money?" How much do you think? You know, if Mark Davis is a part of this decision here. How much do you think him basically being the only guy around that's seen Carr for his entire career, not just for this last season? How much do you think that uh, might have weighed into Mark Davis's decision to say, "Hey, it's almost been a decade and we haven't really done much with Carr as our quarterback." Yeah, I think when 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 the, these guys came in and had a hiring process and a search you know, committee, you know, I think um, his his mind up was like, you know, I'm not. If you guys want to go with Car, that's fine, but I'm not really um, sold on that kind of like, approach. So I'll be fired for something else now. I think he definitely was uh, not of the mind that you know Car had to come back this year, and this is you know, I think we all look at this as, as a privilege year for Derek Carr. I think in, in Mark's mind, maybe it had already been proven before this. Uh, if they move on and it looks like they're going to, what do you think the first choice would be? Try to find a veteran if they can't trade him and they have to release him. Do they get a bridge and maybe look to draft somebody? I mean, what what would you do if you're running this and you're going to just ultimately release him because you can't find a trade partner? Yeah, I think they have to draft someone. I think they have to like get some kind of long term, you know, young answer to the position. I think that also gives. And Dave Ziegler and Justin Mayo some more times as far as the timeline. And because if you bring in, like, people always talk about, you know, Tom Brady's the guy, the first thing that pops up. But to me, you bring in Brady and you're saying, okay, we are going to win now. We can, you know, we, we can do this now. So if that doesn't work, I think it's on it's on those two guys. Whereas I think if you get a younger person in, you can kind of say, hey, we're building a long term process, yada, 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 and give yourself more time. Do they need to completely tank next season so they can get Caleb Williams in the following draft? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I think, I mean, <laughs> you know, probably have good enough players in this team where I'm not sure tanking is an option. Um, and another guy, you know, I think, yeah, I mentioned Brady, who I don't think will happen, but I think Jimmy G's a, a possibility. I think that's a guy who makes more. So I'm not sure how much it'll cost because of the injury stuff, but 
if it's not you know a, a lot of money, if it's not like you know, way too much, I think he's a guy that has the Patriots ties, is young enough where it makes sense. Uh, I guess he's pretty good. I mean, Jimmy G, I can't go back and forth with his great match, but I think he's pretty good. So he'll give you a chance to win now and also have kind of a long-term plan. We asked this question earlier. They've put their quarterback at home on a couch, like you said, uh, which I assume means they know the odds are very, very long uh, in terms of playoffs, and maybe they would have done it anyway in case of the injury clause. Why, I guess, what is the reason, especially for a guy like Josh Jacobs, what's the reason to play any of these guys in the next two weeks? Well, my sense is that Josh wants to win the rushing title. I think that's I think that's a big part of it, I believe. And I think uh, you know, he's done so much uh, for them this year, played you know, been the best player, I guess. Yeah, and I think he probably deserves the opportunity again. But I, I think he'll probably not carry the ball as much. I think he can probably win the title and have less, you know, maybe fifteen carries a game and get some middle lights some some runs. So I think it's impossible to kind of like keep him involved, get his title, but also not risk him too much. He the the quotes that he's given this week. I know Shashan Reed tweeted out some of them about him wanting to play and not worrying about his next contract and all that. Does he come off as a guy that the Raiders could just franchise tag and he'd be fine with that and wouldn't actually you know hold out or try to push back against the franchise tag? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think he's definitely saying all the right things, but uh, I would imagine being a running back, he has to take advantage of the opportunities. It's, it's a tough, probably the toughest position in the league as far as getting paid and getting what you really are. I deserve or have earned. And I think, um, in my mind, once they did not give him the extension before the year, I think that I don't know how they can pay him now because it's going to cost him a lot more. I think I'm not sure they value running backs in that way. I think they, they kind of feel it. Running backs are almost saying, yeah, it's changeable, but he can get guys, you know, draft this young guys. You know, and that's the Patriots' way is kind of fit guys in and not pay so much money. Uh, what what do you think the true feelings are for Devontae Adams? He said the things the other day we thought he would say, went on Instagram, kind of protected or defended his guy, but he must know it's probably not going to work out with his guy now. Um, does he wait around to see who the quarterback is in, in case he might want to force something here and try to get out? Do you think he comes back because uh, contractually he's obligated to? I mean, what What do you think goes through his mind when this all is said and done? Yeah, I'm sure he's upset. I'm sure, like he mentioned, you know, he and Derek are tight. I'm sure he doesn't love the way this went down. I think, um, I don't want to use the word scapegoat, but, they, you know, obviously the team's underachieved and I always usually falls into the coach or the quarterback. In this case, it's the quarterback. So uh, my sense is that I think he'll wait and see what happens to Derek. If Derek winds up in a good place where Derek is, you know, ultimately happy with a fresh start, I think Devontae will be fine. I think. He likes being here. He's closer to home. That was a big part of the reason why he came here. He'd be the, you know, definitely the, the guy all the posters. He'd be the, the face of the franchise next year, and he's he's shown he can. Uh, he's I mean, still an incredible player. So I think um, my sense is that if it all works out for Derek, I think it'll all work out for Devontae. But if Derek is upset and doesn't like the way it went down or where he is, and you mentioned the quarterback, it isn't likely to be brought in. And yeah, it could be an issue. I could see it like going both ways. Uh, big picture question. Do the Raiders, do you think they have a legitimate path to be a Super Bowl contender in the next three to five years? Um, I'm probably leaning towards the higher number. And again, it all depends on what happens at quarterback. And you know, quarterbacks are so important uh, nowadays. So I think if you get a guy on um, the first round or second round, a guy, you know, all of a sudden emerges as a guy who has a high ceiling and can make plays. And, and maybe, yeah, or if, or if Jimmy G you know, shows up and, and he's the man, and maybe, yeah, but I think um, there are a lot of holes in this roster. I think that's the only reason why they didn't bring, they're not going to bring back Derek. 
because, you know, it's, it's tough to pay a guy $33 million next year when you have that many holes in your roster. So I think um, we're looking at it as they got to absolutely do all the draft, which hasn't happened here in the past. So they got to do all the draft, have some good season signings the next couple of years, and kind of build a defense. You've mentioned both names, Jimmy G, a couple times, but everyone always wants to know about Tom Brady. We've seen what's happened in Tampa this year, kind of regressed in, in what people would say a lot of ways. Uh, the odds that Tom Brady's wearing is the silver and black. I, I can't see it. I just I don't. To me, he's 46. I think if he's going to go somewhere else, he's probably looking for, like, you know, a Sean Payton marriage or maybe going back to the Niners or maybe. I mean, so I don't know why he'd come here for a team. I don't see being that close to being a Super Bowl team. And also, my other question is, if you're Josh McDaniels, right? at this point, people are wondering if you're any good. Like, there's definitely some question marks about the job this year. So, And you're saying, well, all the reason you won in the early ones because you had Tom Brady. And now he's going to bring in Tom Brady? Like, yeah, I guess you guys are right. I can't win without the guy. But, I mean, so it's, it's kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say conceding everyone's point, but I'm not sure it's great for his legacy if he brings in Tom Brady just to prove he can win. Well, he is Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Vic, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Vic. Take care. All right, guys. Take care. That would be that would be funny if it was like McDaniels brings back Tom Brady and they win for one season and then Brady retires and then they're bad again. Like McDaniels yeah. can only win if Tom Brady's, <laughs> Tom Brady's his quarterback. He, doesn't matter if he's 26, 36, or 46. 46. He can only win if it's Tom Brady there. Although, if you're McDaniels and you're worried about how people perceive you... You'd rather win next year with Brady than lose and get fired, right? Sure. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. You want to do you want to do anything you can to win, next right? Year. Like that's a better option than just going like five and twelve or something and getting fired at that point. So we'll see what the Raiders do in this offseason, but it'll be fun. And now we've got a shot for you to win five hundred dollars. It is our Friday football frenzy, brought to you by Dollar Loan Center. We got five hundred dollars that you can win. We're going to give you three NFL games if you can correctly pick the winners. Don't have to pick the point spread, just straight up winners of the three games we give you. You will be taking home 500 bucks. 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. Be caller 4 right now at 702-364-1100. Happy Festivus. Um so I need to give context for my complaint. So I'm Australian I've stumbled upon this fantastic Las Vegas sports world by complete accident about <laughs> four and a half years ago now. Ever since Tyler Bischoff got moved to the press box was when I started was when I started listening into the press box. And in that time I have spent my entire life not caring, not understanding, not having any interest in American football. And those idiots made me Raiders fans. They made me a Raiders fan. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. This team can't even tank properly. Like why? It's, it's, how can you make someone care about something that is just so terrible and horrible? It's, it's bad. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Oh, that was Steven, our Australian listener yeah, and friend. You got that from the accent. Maybe yeah, that might be. Uh, I. Uh, it's probably the worst thing I've done to somebody is somehow accidentally made them cheer for the Raiders, given what's happened to the Raiders since uh, they moved to Las Vegas. But it is Friday Football Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to five thousand dollars. Stop by one of their thirty-four locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. 
This week, Friday Football Frenzy has $500 on the line. Uh, Jerry is our contestant. If Jerry gets all three games right, he'll win 500 bucks. If not, that'll roll over and we'll have 600 to give away next week. All right, Jerry, here are your games. First one, Dolphins at Patriots. Let's take the Patriots. All right. Second game, Jags at Texans. Uh, we'll do Texans. All right. And your last game is Jets at Seahawks. Uh, let's do Jets. All right. So Patriots, Texans, Jets. If those three teams win, Jerry, you'll be taking home 500 bucks. Good luck. Thank you. Sounds good luck, good. Jerry. Uh, so uh, again, Patriots, Texans, Jets, all three win. <laughs> Jerry gets 500. If not, if one of those teams loses, there will be $600 on the line next week. Danny predicted. I, I will go on record and say that <laughs> I tried to predict what Jerry's predictions were going to be. I was wrong on all three. You said Dolphins, Jags, Seahawks. Correct. The favorites. Correct. Well, the, pa- the Pats are favorites. So, yes. Patriots, Texans, Jets. Those are Jerry's picks. Gets all Jerry three. might have something going on. You say that all the time. I know. Nobody I ever know. has anything I going know. on. They, I, think, I think Jerry uh, heard something on. He heard some things. I hope so. We've only had two winners this year. Uh, we had $1,100 winner and then a $100 winner right after that, and that has been it. So we're back up to five. There's only this week and next week left in the season, so somebody needs to win some money here this week or next. So, again, Jerry's picks, uh, Patriots, Texans, and Jets. Thursday night football. How much of this did you watch, Ed? Zero. Oh, and it's my team too. Good choice. Good decision. Uh, you should have watched the whole thing. It was miserable. I I knew it was bad when afterwards I'm reading about it, and the first quote from Dak is, "Hey, a win is a win." <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this couldn't have been very good when you when that's the first statement you give. A win is a win. It was, it was hard to watch. So here's the interesting part, and it's the Tennessee Titans. They start Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. He throws for 232 yards, uh, one touchdown and one pick. He's actually like, that's a better game than Malik Willis has had the last three weeks. They go and play Jacksonville in week 18. Winner of that wins the AFC South and goes to the playoffs. Mike Vrabel gave a quote before this game about uh, they wanted to give Dobbs a shot to see what he could do. Are they going to start Joshua Dobbs in what's essentially a playoff game? I mean, looking at the numbers, 232 and a touchdown, am I wrong to say he played better than I thought he would be? I, I mean, it's Joshua Dobbs. Did. Right. I he, thought he why, I watched every minute of it because fantasy football is a disease and addiction, but I thought he was fine. Like, he wasn't awful. But, he outplayed Dak in the first half. But it's like, are they really going to start Joshua Dobbs over with the everything guy on the line with the division drafted? on the line? Yeah, like you kind of have to, right? I mean, you don't have to, but well, you should. <laughs> it is. I think they uh, last night. No, they only got thirteen. I was going to say they've lost uh, six straight, and they've scored over twenty in one of those six games. Like their their offense is is pathetic for the second half of the season, and the re the the reason the Jags can win the division. Partially because the Jags have been really good the second half of the season and the Titans have fallen off the face of the earth. Right. Titans are atrocious at this point. And they're legitimately going to start Joshua Dobbs in a game that could send them to, to the, playoffs. the playoffs as a division champ and a home game against uh, what would likely be the Baltimore Ravens. So just a, I don't know, I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by 
what the Titans are doing with Malik Willis. Like, is he this bad and they're going to give up on him or are they going to say, I need some more seasoning and then he'll be fine. I'd much rather see Trevor Lawrence. Oh, in the playoff game. I'd if love we're to looking see. at like what the general public wants to see. Joshua Dobbs or Trevor Lawrence in the first round of the playoffs? Is there anyone that's not a Titans fan that wants no. to see the Titans in the no. playoffs? No. Not no. the way it is now. Like, Joshua Dobbs? I guess, I guess maybe if you're a if you're a Titans fan, obviously, and I guess if you're a Ravens fan, you might rather see the Titans. Well, you than might the Jags. Than, than having to go to Jacksonville. But right. if you're if you're just neutral observer. Oh, you want Jacksonville. I can't think of a reason why you'd want to see the Titans. No. We've seen the good Titans the last like four years. And now these are the bad Titans. Right. I don't want to see that. I mean, I guess the only thing is like, could Joshua Dobbs be hilariously bad? Maybe, but I'd still, I still see. think it'd be cool to see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. Yeah. Of course. It's all, it's always fun to see the young, potentially great quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yeah. We're going to get to see Herbert and we could also see Trevor Lawrence yeah. this year for the first time. So, we are all officially cheering for the Jacksonville Jags in oh, week yeah. 18 to win that game and go as the division winner. And we'll all be disappointed if we have to watch another Tennessee Titans playoff game. Cause here's the other part of that. Lamar Jackson uh, missed practice again yesterday. It's uh, I think the, two, I think it was 11 straight practices. He has missed since getting hurt. The playoffs are still a couple weeks away. So still obviously time to play. We could have a playoff game where Joshua Dobbs and Tyler Huntley are the quarterback. <laughs> Still take Tyler Huntley. Sounds like an all-star game to me. <laughs> Still take Tyler Huntley. Like the, don't don't do that to us, NFL. And here's the other problem. I'll sit and watch the whole damn thing. Oh yeah. I'll be like, oh yes, NFL playoffs. Oh, playoffs, you gotta watch. It's twelve to nine with yeah. three minutes left. You gotta watch the playoffs. Neither one of these quarterbacks are leading their teams down the field, but I'm here. God, what a nightmare that would be. So let's did, go, Jags. Did you see Tyler Huntley is now an alternate for the Pro Bowl? Don't, that's got to be a lie. No, what are you talking about? He's I, a, like I'm, I'm how, many al- how many alternates do they name? He's the third alternate quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm he telling you, he in. got he how got is that more, possible? He got more votes than like five starters or something like that. How is that? How many how many quarterbacks go to the Pro Bowl now? I don't know, but like I'll 10? look it up during uh, break. But that I'm telling like you, that's what I saw.